The latest book by author Rebecca Searle, One Italian Summer, is an exploration of the powerful bond between mother and daughter. When Katie's mother dies, she's left reeling. Carol wasn't just Katie's mother, but also her best friend and first phone call. Carol had all of the answers, and now when Katie needs her most, she's gone. To make matters worse, their long-planned mother and daughter trip of a lifetime looms two weeks on the Italian Amalfi Coast, in the little town where Carol spent the summer, right before she met Katie's father. Katie has been waiting years for Carol to take her, and now she's faced with embarking on the adventure alone. Rebecca Searle is the New York Times best-selling author of the modern classic In Five Years. Now living in L.A., Rebecca is the author of six novels and co-developed the hit TV adaptation of her young adult series, Famous in Love. I had the opportunity to speak by phone to Rebecca Searle in the week when her latest book, One Italian Summer, was published. I've been publishing for about 10 years now, and I was very lucky my last novel in five years sort of just hit at the right time, even though it was the wrong time by all intents and purposes. The book came out on March 10th of 2020, but I am very, very, very grateful for the readers that have come to me in the last two years and that are excited for One Italian Summer. It's the most any novels could ever hope for. You wrote it during the lockdown stage of the pandemic, didn't you, or you began it then? I did indeed. I wrote it from April to about July of 2020. So yes, it was in that critical crisis zone that I wrote it. And I live here in Los Angeles. It was actually very unseasonably rainy during that period. It just poured all of the time. And I, you know, like so many of us, wanted to be somewhere else. So I wrote my way to Italy. Well, thank you for sending us to the Amalfi Coast. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about why you set it there? Absolutely. Okay, so I have to take you back to the summer of 2019 because I went to Rome with my mother. And my mom had spent a summer when she was 20 years old in Rome. And it was this magical summer that she always talked about. And she fell in love with this man named Remo. We went back together. We had never been to Italy together. And we ended up finding Remo through his sister on Facebook. And they met at the Trevi Fountain, which was the place that they had met 50 years beforehand. And he brought this love charm that she had given him that summer, this like little sterling silver charm that said L-O-V-E. He was very lovely. I personally think he's still in love with my mother. My mom is very happily married to my father all of these years later. But I really got to see my mom as this young woman sort of inside the mother I knew. And from that experience in Rome, I went on to meet up with some friends in Positano. And that story of, you know, of my mom and Remo and sort of seeing my mother as this different creature was rolling around in my head. And I think the marriage of the two was what kind of brought this book into existence. But not until a year later, I will say. I didn't start writing it until almost a full year had passed. I'm not going to give away any of the secrets of the book, but it does have a delightful surprise at the end. This is very much a book about love, but a book about love between mothers and daughters, particularly. So obviously you have a wonderful relationship with your mother. I do. I do very much so. Thank you for calling that out. I, you know, I really, I like to write love stories, but I like to write non-romantic love stories in a way, although my books do have an element of romance. You know, this one does as well. But in five years, my last novel was very much a love story between two best friends. And One Italian Summer, as you said, is really a love story between a mother and daughter. 
I have that relationship with my mother. She is, you know, my best friend and first phone call and I go to her for everything. And, you know, I think in a lot of ways, women who have that relationship with their mothers, if we're so lucky to have it, of course, plenty of my readers do not. There's this sort of like sorrow built into that because you recognize at some point you're going to have to walk this earth without them. You're going to have to figure it out for yourself. And I think I would like to think that I'm a a bit farther along in my journey of self-differentiation perhaps than Katie is. I think when we meet her, obviously she just lost her mother. She's in a state of extreme grief, but also she hasn't really done any of the work to recognize that she is a person unto herself and she is somebody capable of making her own decision. She doesn't know because she's turned to her mother for everything. And so this book is very much a love story between them, but it's also in a lot of ways, it's a coming of age story for Katie and it's her realizing that her her life is not, you know, the culmination of a series of choices that her mother made for her, but actually a series of choices that she has made for herself. When I began reading the book, I was a little bit worried about Katie. The book begins with a death, the death of her mother, and it begins with a possibility of divorce. Right there on the first page, you get walloped with both of these things. And there was something she said in the beginning of the book that suggested that her relationship with her mother was wonderful, but she hadn't really developed any other relationships. I I must admit, I was a little bit worried about Katie in the beginning. Yes, fair enough. Me too. She was a very interesting character to write because it's actually quite challenging to write a character who doesn't really know herself. You know, how do you define her? What does she want to say to the reader when she isn't really sure what she's saying to herself? So she was a bit of a challenge for me in the beginning as well, especially coming off my last book where Danny, my protagonist, is so headstrong. And, you know, she comes like roaring off the page being like, here's exactly what I want for my life. Katie's journey is in the other direction. She is really lost when we meet her. And her journey is one of really finding and, and rooting herself. But I will say to all the readers who maybe read In Five Years and it, it was maybe sad and made you feel sad, One Italian Summer is, is like the opposite journey. I would say it's probably my latest book. It is definitely much lighter than In Five Years. And we deal with the death right up front. I think it's emotional, but it's sort of a book that's filled with pleasure and with becoming, I would say. It's a book filled with pleasure. It really is. It's filled with things that made me feel hungry <laughs> for Italy and ravioli <laughs> and things with lemon There's in. lots of delicious food, lots of delicious wine, lots of delicious scenery and boat trips and, you know, sea salt, air, all of those good things. Katie was a character I wanted to take care of. I wanted her to enjoy all this wonderful life in Italy. That makes sense to me because I think that she is a character who, who has been defined by being taken care of. You know, she's a character who's been taken care of by her mother, in many ways taken care of by her husband and her father. And so, you know, when we meet her, she's in this place of feeling like, okay, the woman who took care of me is gone, and now how do I care for myself? And, you know, I think that part of why I wanted to make the book so pleasurable and her experience in Italy so pleasurable is that, you know, part of standing up and caring for ourselves is gifting ourselves that pleasure, is making our life pleasurable for ourselves, not at the hand of anyone else. You're a wonderfully descriptive writer. Right at the beginning of the book, I was there in that awful moment, just post-death, and then you took us almost immediately to Italy. You write so well about place and about the little things that we may not notice. That's an extraordinary gift. Has it always been your gift? Did you develop it deliberately? Well, that's a very lovely compliment. Thank you. You know, I was a New Yorker for almost 13 years, and my books were predominantly New York books. My novel, The Dinner List, in in five years are very, very, very steeped in Manhattan. And so 
I was used to writing plays because it was how I felt about New York City. It was my home, but it was also, to me, it was the most magical place on the planet. And it was the place where everything was happening. And I love that city like you love, you know, people say this all the time about New York. Of course, I'm not the first, but I loved it like you love a great love. It was, in many ways, it was one of my first great loves. I absolutely adored every inch of that city. And so I think that I always wanted my books to convey that, to convey how much I love that place. And so I think you got that in my novels, but you got it for New York. And then when I moved to Los Angeles a few years ago and I started writing about LA, I, I found that too. It took me a little while, but it, but I found the corners and the places and the rhythm that I really loved about Los Angeles. And I wanted to bring that to Italy. And of course, you know, Positano, Italy and Positano in particular is a very easy place to, to fall in love with and very easy place to, I think, write really fluidly and really fully in. It is simultaneously is like this time out of time. I mean, you know, my mom had spent time in Positano that summer and we had talked about it and she had always said how magical it was. And that was, you know, it was 50 years ago and the same restaurants were there, the same institutions she went to, you know, a lot of the shops had the same prints on the dresses. So it's this place that's so timeless, and at the same time, there's this just immediacy to the moment and experience of being in Italy. You, it, it is one of the few places in the world I have found where you can be so extraordinarily present. And I can just imagine that this is a perfect book for a book club where people are going to get together and say, oh, I knew what was going to happen from the beginning, and others are going to say, absolutely no idea. This is what I thought was going to happen. You really lead us down a very curvy path. Book clubs are probably my favorite portion of this job. I got to visit and drop in on so many of them last year, virtually, of course. There really is no better feeling for an author than seeing people read your book collectively. Like, read your book together and discuss it independently of you. I can't describe it. It's extraordinary. And the other thing I will say about One Italian Summer, you know, my last two adult novels, The Journalist in Five Years, they're stories about women in their 30s. One Italian Summer is also a story about a woman in her 30s. But I think there is more of an intergenerational appeal to this book because we are talking about an adult woman and her adult mother and sort of the journey of her adult mother and, and her mother looking back on her life. Katie, in a lot of ways, contemplating what it means to be a wife and potentially also a mother. So in a few people who have maybe gotten a few advanced copies of this book or who are planning their book clubs, it's been really fun to see the ways in which different generations want to come to this book, you know, mothers reading with their daughters. And it's really my favorite thing. And I'm very glad that, that this book, I think, and I hope will appeal to readers of all ages. A lot of your books have been young adult novels. How did you get involved in writing for younger folk? Is that a love that you had and you've moved on or is it something you're going to go back to, or are you going to do a bit of both? I sold my first book when I was 24. It was a novel called When You Are Mine. It was a modern retelling of Romeo and Juliet from Rosalind's point of view, Romeo's ex. And in fact, they just 11 or 12 years later made the movie of that called Rosalind, and it will be out this year, which is very, very funny. And, and you know, anyone who works in publishing or Hollywood knows that these things most of the time never, ever happen. And certainly happening 12 years later is really quite comical. So that will be very nice. But my, I bring that up to say I was very young. I was going through my first major heartbreak. I was a late bloomer when it comes to love in a lot of ways. And I was going through my first really major heartbreak. And so I was very close to the experience of being a teenager then. I was still dealing in those emotions and the extremity of those emotions. And I think as I got older, I wanted to talk about different things. And then, you know, I entered my 30s and I wanted to talk about 
what it means to be in a different decade. I want to talk about, you know, how we continue to prioritize female friendship when people get married and have babies and life looks so different for us. How we deal with the reality that our parents are getting older and that they're not going to be here forever. All of these very adult things are very up for me right now in my life as a woman who's firmly in her mid-30s. And I think that Obviously, I'm not the first writer to say this. Joan Diddy has said it often that we write to figure out how we feel about our own lives. And so for me, it's felt really organic that my stories have evolved and that I hope that I will continue to grow in the adult world and I will continue to reflect the experience of women as I grow. I think that that's where the life force of my work comes from. This book obviously was written during a very uncertain and strange time in our world. And it really felt like a vacation to write. It felt like you know, somewhere I could just sort of disappear into and, and I could just be in this other world and in this other place and I could, you know, taste the pasta and see air and drink the wine and be out on the water and be swimming in this time where we really couldn't leave our homes. And so my sincerest, sincerest wish, because I know international travel is still really not doable for a lot of us and, you know, things are still complicated and uncertain as we move forward. And so my real sincerest wish is that this book feels like a vacation to read and that I can transport you and, and, and sort of just give you the vacation of your imagination. So if I can do that, I can do everything. Rebecca Searles speaking about her latest book, One Italian Summer, a novel which is a great love story about the relationship between a mother and daughter, about how we move on after loss, and how the people we love never truly leave us. Set on the beautiful Amalfi Coast of Italy. Thank you very much to Rebecca Searle. And thanks to you, WVIA's Fiona Powell.